Realms of Peril and Glory will begin after these short messages. Who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal, intersectional feminist perspective. Each Monday, I bring you a brand new full-length episode covering something from a wide variety of topics. And then every Friday, come meet up with me again for a mini What's in the News episode so you can stay up to date on everything that's going on in the world. Check out Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist wherever you get your podcasts. And Ray John. We'd like to thank our patrons, Ausda, Strix, and Jane Dell, for their support in making this series possible. If you'd like to join them and get ad-free listening, bonus shows, and a whole lot more, then head over to patreon.com slash lightandtragic. Welcome back to Realms of Peril and Glory. This is part two of our spooky sword lesbians uh, game, uh, which is a playthrough of Thirsty Sword Lesbians by April Kit Walsh, uh, published by Evil Hat Productions. I'm your GM, Ella Watts. My pronouns are she, her. Um, And last we left off, uh, we had uh, several kind of intrepid adventurers return to their home um, in the small rural northern English town of Snowyvale. Uh, Hermia Winterbottom, Adora Marion, Jenny Hendricks and Johanna Lancaster had in their youth fought on behalf of the British Museum's Metaphysical Acquisitions Branch, otherwise known as MAB, um, in order to kind of beat back the monstrous fairy creatures that leak out of the Hellmouth. Um, underneath uh, Snowy Vale. Uh, in their adulthood, they had tried to leave all of that behind them and maybe hopefully get some therapy. However, unfortunately, they've been called back uh, by the man who originally recruited them, Professor Rupert Crowley, uh, who says that, you know, the end is nigh, apocalypse is about to happen, the Hellmouth is about to fracture and unleash chaotic wild magic back on the world. Uh, last session, we saw our uh, lovely player characters uh, come home, um, have some interaction with the extremely goth uh, and slightly mean uh, librarian Viv, um, who was a big fan of their various magical dogs and cats, uh, before they went downstairs to have a little bit of a tense uh, conversation with Rupert. In particular, it seems that Rupert is not Jenny's biggest fan, nor is she the biggest fan of Rupert. There was a kind of decision made that some of you would do some research into how to reseal the Hellmouth, and some of you would attack actually negotiating with the fairies and specifically their leader, uh, Gudrun, Grendel's mother. However, uh, just before you kind of got into your various plans, Hermia uh, decided that she would suggest uh, doing a fae ritual, which could work really well or be really deadly, mm-hmm. uh, which is, is, is apparently in the kind of like tone of most of her plans. Uh, you went to a summoning circle, Hermia uh, brought back her uh, cat sieve uh, companion egg, uh, like the Hebridean island, not like the food stuff, to kind of help her summon the fae and use some old wildflowers. However, unfortunately, the role went badly, the ritual went wrong, and she summoned uh, Grendel herself, the leader of the fairy armies, uh, who immediately uh, went up to Johanna, uh, told her that she belonged to her now, um, and then kidnapped her by dematerializing and also, you know, just as a fun theatrical note, switching off all the lights and leaving you in the dark. 
So in this imperiled situation, just before we get into the game itself, please could each of you introduce yourselves, your pronouns, your character and their pronouns, uh, starting with Danny. Hey there, I'm Danny, Danielle Shamaya. My pronouns are she, her. I'm playing Johanna Lancaster. Her pronouns are also she, her. Excellent. And now Beth. Hi, I'm Beth Crane. I'm playing Adora Marion. And both of our pronouns are she, her. Excellent. Sasha. Hi, I'm Sasha Sienna. I'm playing Jenny Hendricks. My pronouns are she, he, or they, and Jenny's are she, her. Excellent. And finally, Maddie. Hello, I am Maddie Searle. My pronouns are she, her, and I am playing Hermia Winterbottom, whose pronouns are she, they. So we're going to open back up with Johanna. Johanna, what happened from your perspective uh, was everything got very dark and, and and when you before you were kind of brought back um, to Snowy Vale, you experienced this terrible kind of sensory deprivation, like this oh immense God. like darkness and lack of sound and, and smell and taste and touch. And you feel that again now um, and you just feel this profound loneliness. And then suddenly you rematerialize. And the first thing that you can smell is like water on stone. You can taste it in your mouth, like the kind of like dank kind of underground kind of smell. Um, And the next thing you feel is this kind of chill, like creeping through your bones. You hear the kind of whinny of some kind of like horse. Um, And as your eyes adjust to the light, you see that you are in this strange kind of underground cavern lit by an eerie green light. This isn't somewhere that you've ever been before. There are various uh, kind of weapons like mounted on the cavern walls and like ivy and flowers which are growing but seem to be almost like magically tended to become like furniture and and kind of draperies. Uh, There are golden tapestries and various kind of like golden goblets and crowns and like various kind of looted jewelry. And in one corner, uh, lying down is a unicorn. But this unicorn is not like the illustration from a children's book. This unicorn is pitch black and almost like an oil slick. It has this kind of like shimmering iridescent skin and this long, extremely janky, like crooked, broken, twisted dagger of an onyx horn. It has this huge kind of like iron collar with all of these massive spikes on it and kind of like light armor, which has like long, like vicious spikes coming out of it. And these cracked hooves and these kind of wisps of white hair coming off from the back of its hooves. Um, And it like kind of looks at you with these deep, deep black eyes um, and then just like flies back down. Um, And Gudrun turns to you, Johanna, and twists her finger. Just to check in, Danny, um, Gudrun's probably gonna tie Johanna up She's probably gonna do that with some chains. How do you feel about that? Go for her? it. So uh, Gudrun twists her finger in the air, and as she does, these pitch black metal chains wrap themselves around your neck and around your arms and around your wrists and around your ankles. And the weight of it like pulls you down onto your knees, just the, the sheer sudden weight of these chains. Um, and she looks down at you and kind of lifts your chin with one finger um, and smiles at you with those sharp teeth. And she says, no. You are going to sit there and be quiet, and I'm going to reclaim my dominion. Is that understood? (laughs) Wonderful, you're learning so quickly. Right, well, I suppose I have business to do, and I imagine that your friends might be a little frightened. Now, do you think that they'd be foolhardy enough to try and rescue you? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) And she kind of, like, laughs um, and turns around, and as she turns around, you see that this cave, this kind of watery green cave with these like trellises of flowers and gold and weapons and this unicorn in the corner actually kind of ends on a ledge. And as she walks out to the ledge, her kind of like green and white dress transforms into like quite heavy plate armor. Um, and she takes the Zweihander off her back and she stamps it into the stone. And in front of her, you suddenly hear this just wall of sound of shrieks and howls and screams and chittering of an entire army of monsters and fey creatures. And she looks out at the hordes below her of thousands and thousands of monsters. And with her Zweihander in her hands, like kind of propped in front of her, she bellows out to them. My people, we have been robbed. We have been murdered. We have been kidnapped. We have been tortured. Tonight, at last, with the rising of the blood moon, we will see our revenge. I have the tribute 
I have the blood I need to at last destroy Dee's artificial spell that sealed us down here, and our revenge will be sweet, and it will be hot, and it will be bloody. Are you with me? Um, and as her voice kind of rings out again, you hear that shrieking and screaming even louder. The unicorn gets to its feet and bays, um, and, uh, Joanna, um, you can feel the stone around you shivering. Oh, man. Me, Danielle, the player, I, if I didn't know any better, I would say this is not the worst thing that's ever happened to me, but, Johanna's <laughs> terrified. This is the worst case scenario. Oh my God. Um, I think she spends a lot of time just sitting there, just sort of. <sighs> um, shit. 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 I knew it. I knew it. This is why I didn't want to come back. Shit. Um. Um. Alwyn. You say that, and there's kind of like a whisper of uh, smoke, and Elwyn appears uh, next to you, um, and he's very small right now, like a like a very small puppy, like a terrier mm-hmm. puppy. Like he has these tiny little ears and tiny little paws, uh, but you get the impression um, that he has appeared so small because you look from Elwyn to the unicorn, which is currently distracted by Gudrun, but is not far across mm-hmm. the space, um, and Elwyn kind of like butts his nose against your hand. Um, and, 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 and kind of looks up at you. I sort of pet him and I say, um, hey, um, look, you're always here. I appreciate you. You're the best. Um, can you, I don't know, I guess tell them where they are or get me out of here, actually. I mean, if you, if those little teeth of yours can, like, when you're that small, if you can, if you can chew through these chains, that'd be great. I mean, I could make a break for it, but I don't know the way out, do you? Um, he, he kind of shakes his head. Um, he does also lick your fingers when you say that he, like he's always been there for you and he kind of like snuffles into your hand a bit. Um, but uh, then he uh, kind of looks at the chains and like sniffs at them. And as he sniffs at them, these kind of blue sparks like jump off the chains. Um, and he kind of like shakes his head, like kind of like huffs, um, uh, to kind of shake it off. Um, and then um, he like kind of licks your hand again and like looks up at you. Um, and waits for you to look at him. I do. <laughs> and as you do, he disappears back into the shadow. Oh, man. Back in uh, the uh, Mad Outpost 1, the Winter Court, um, underground, in the dark, in the freezing cold, uh, just before we get to Elwyn returning to you all, um, what are you all doing? How are you all reacting to Gudrun appearing and kidnapping Johanna and then, like, switching the lights off and, you know, leaving you? I think Hermie is just kind of repeating very shell-shocked sorry 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 jenny's just like losing it at rupert like this is your fault (laughs) i beg your pardon i didn't run this ritual i didn't suggest this ritual in fact i believe i said something rather sharp about you have been here this whole time and you have done nothing to stop this from getting to this point. And it, not before then, before any of this happened, before the the charm started to break down or whatever it is, all you've done is treat her like she's just some sort of destiny to be fulfilled. And now look what you've done. I would watch your tone, young woman. I am your superior officer and I have been doing everything I can whilst you've been, what, trying to make a life for yourself in Brighton, being a singer, or what was it you wanted to be now? A motorbike mechanic? I lose track. How many faces have you failed to wear? Either way, I've been doing my job rather competently, I might add, and putting my life on the line whilst you've been pissing about by the seaside. If you really cared this much about stopping this, then you would have been here. Well, I'm not the one that recruited a bunch of children to try and fight my war. Unfortunately for me, those children happen to be supernaturally talented or otherwise, as the case may be. Jenny's going to give him the finger. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I, I was fully expecting like a punch, like, yes, yeah, cool, yeah, perfect. Like, um, and, 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 it like, is dark. What, what I was going to say, with poetic timing, like you kind of give him the finger and realize that he can't see it. And then with poetic timing, uh, the lights switch back on with a thunk and like a mmm. And as uh, they do, you turn around and you see 
um, kind of at the far end of like the other end of the room, uh, this uh, woman kind of uh, stepping out of the shadows. Um, and this woman is a woman with like short, uh, curly blonde hair. Um, she's like fairly like short and strong. And she's wearing kind of like uh, overalls. And, and you recognize uh, her as Kat McMillan. Um, she is another um, Mab uh, agent. Uh, and she's always like, I, th- I think Jenny, like maybe specifically actually she's always kind of had a bit of a soft spot for um and she switches the light back on and the light kind of like fades up on this like finger that you're giving to Rupert so he kind of gets it in, like you know technicolor um and uh Kat like looks at the situation laughs and goes oh Rupert what have you done now Adora <laughs> Beth is there anything that you're doing um, I think I've just been scrabbling around in my bag trying to find matches and just feeling a bit useless. You find a box of matches as the lights switch back on. Yeah. Cat um, like, oh. uh, kind of saunters. <laughs> I, I just, I, I light one anyway and then I'm like... Cat <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, saunters over to you all uh, and kind of crosses her arms uh, in front of her, grins at the summoning circle, the frost on the bookshelves and then looks at Hermia. You tried a summoning, it failed. You brought some nasty fey creature in here and judging by the expressions on your faces and the lack of one specific uh, Lancaster, I'm gonna say it was Gudrun? Maybe. Uh-huh. And uh, this asshole tried to shoot at her with a gun despite the fact that like we've had like literally like 400 fucking years of like evidence telling us that that won't fucking work which would explain that. And she kind of gestures towards the like various destroyed bookshelves and like bullet holes in the wall. This is the moment I notice all the holes in the books and I am so horrified. Mm -hmm. That's what competence looks like. Oh, is that what he's calling it now? That's cute. Um, And she kind of like punches Rupert in the arm, but like hard enough that he staggers a little bit. Right. So I assume that he's like updated you on the apocalypse, but in that sort of guilt trippy, passive aggressive, borderline gaslighty, emotionally abusive kind of way. Um, How about we all go get some coffee? I mean, I could definitely go for coffee, but is this the time when Johanna's just literally disappeared? So I was thinking like, take away, I'll drive the Jeep. You catch me up with things as we drive up Mantle. Sorry, should have clarified. Okay. That's okay. Me. Okay. No, that's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds really Wait, good. Because I am dying for a pumpkin spice latte. Okay, <laughs> cool. And she just like fucking like just starts marching back towards the exit. I follow, but Sorry. I kind of look reluctantly at Rupert because I. This is a bit like my parents fighting. Uh, Dory, you look back at Rupert, um, and he's kind of uh, he he. he uh, in fact, you know what? This is the perfect time to figure out a person, um, or maybe. Um, you could do a defy disaster with heart. Um, it's up to you. Um, if you want to get a bit of a read on Rupert in this situation, but you also don't have to if you don't want to do a roll. If yeah. you don't want to figure him I think, out, you no, I, I think it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um. Cool. So figuring out a person uh, is you roll two d six plus wit, um, which lets you ask two questions from a list if you succeed. Hmm. That is a eleven. Nice. Okay, that is a total success. So you may ask two questions. Uh, now or later. Um, what are your feelings towards X? What do you hope to get from X? How could I get you to X? What do you love most? And how would you feel if I X? What are your feelings towards Johanna? Because you had that letter. So I'm going to say that this is maybe not the time? A, a question that you ask out loud, but I think it's something that you read on his face because Johanna's just mm. got kidnapped, right? Um, I think that he looks terrified. I think he looks really genuinely frightened in a way that you've never seen him be frightened before. Um, and I think that you piece that together. I'm imagining that Adora is the kind of person who has like a photographic memory. Um, so I, I think that she kind of pieces that together with the way that he was looking at Johanna earlier. And he was looking at Johanna with like fear and mistrust. Like he said that kind of like a like offhand comment about keeping an eye on her, but like he, when he said it, he seemed to mean it quite sincerely. So you would almost say like, it seems like he's scared of her. Okay. Um, oh, you get one other question. Uh, what do you hope to get from X? How can I get you to X? What do you love most? How would you feel if I X? What do you love most? Oh, he loves this this place. Cool. He loves he loves map. He loves magic. He loves studying magic. Uh, there is nothing that he loves more than this collection of artifacts and this library 
and this mission and this cause. And I think that that's, again, like something that you, Adora, would have picked up on over many years of like working with him and knowing him. Um, Yeah, and I I feel the same way. So he kind of looks at you all leaving and and, and meets your eyes, Adora, and and, and kind of gestures a little helplessly towards the library. Research? No. I would actually almost say that that's kind of breaking a commandment because you always obey the authority. Um, And um, I mean, he's not giving you an order, but it kind of like the subtext is there. So I would say that that's um, when you break a commandment and repudiate it forever. So it depends on whether or not you are repudiating it forever or if you're just breaking a commandment now. I think just now. I think I'm being pulled into action and I feel like it's it makes more sense to take action than it does to go and do research. Okay, um, so then I am going to say that uh, you are going to take a condition and you're mm-hmm. going to take the condition guilty, which is going to give you a minus cool. two penalty to emotional support because you feel really bad about not doing what you're supposed to be doing, what Mab would actually want you to be doing. Um, so Cat kind of gets to the end, like like I said, there's this massive, massive kind of like warehouse library thing underground um and gets to the end and as she does uh in front of all of you a massive black wolf materializes out of the air this wolf is at least like a meter and a half tall to the shoulder like it is a big beefy terrifying huge black wolf um and hermia um elwin immediately looks at you and says johanna's in danger oh my god can you what can you tell me what can you tell me uh, she's in some sort of cave with uh, Gudrun and uh, a unicorn, you know, Gudrun's mount. Um, and, but there is there is an army of creatures. I have never seen so many fae in one place. Uh, even in Anavan, this is this is this was truly a, a horde, uh, and uh, they are all beneath Mamtor, and they are they are ready to to come out. Okay, this is really bad. Uh, is there any sort of way to? get to her that they wouldn't notice or not that i know of i didn't see any entrance or exit into the into the 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 lair itself although there was a strange green light almost as if it was beneath a lake a a, a lake of water of some kind like watery light dancing across the stone okay okay that's good thank you elwin that's really really helpful um and i'm just gonna kind of give him a wee scritch um and uh i would really like to know what that sounds like to everyone else so none of them can hear what elwin is saying elwin is only speaking in your mind uh, so for for all of you what what you what you're kind of seeing is, is is hermia speaking to this massive wolf and then pausing and then speaking again how are you all reacting to that jenny and adora uh watching intently and like mm. waiting to be told what's going on Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I, and I think he kind of like looks at you like a little, almost disdainfully. Um, like I did, like this, this kind of like wolfy stare, and then, and then looks back at you, Hamia, and then at Cat. Cat uh, just kind of grins and it's like, Elwin, it's good to have you back. Uh, I can't take you up into the community library like that because we will get animal control called on us. And we had like a whole village council meeting about how like whatever we're doing to attract like wild feral animals is like a danger to like citizens, but also lowering the property prices of the area. So if you could do me like a favor and appear like a poodle or something, that would be just sweet ellen ellen kind of looks at you javier i think we better we better do what cat says yeah you can you can go all wolfy again when we're out of town yeah let's do it so there's like a twist of smoke um and he turns into a poodle quite like unwillingly um like it has this like ridiculous kind of like floofy like it's one of those groomed poodles with like weird like balls of like curly fur and like his tail is between his legs and um he kind of uh looks up at you and and is like if we ever meet any of my kin you may not tell them about this on pain of death that is completely fair I uh, I understand the condition and I will honor it with my life. Very good, spoken like a true fae. And I would so- like to pet the poodle. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is a form which is approachable to me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like I I think like both because of his embarrassment, like I and his worry about Joanna, like I think what might happen is, is as you try, like he's gonna growl at you a bit, and I and I want you to uh, give me a roll. Um, I'm going to say this is an entice role. You're trying to like kind of 
persuade them to like let you in a bit. Um, oh, so uh, give me a uh, roll 2d6 and add your heart. That is a 10. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So like he growls a bit, but then like he slowly uh, kind of like relaxes and, and lets you pet him. And you actually get a string on Elwyn. Oh, um, nice. So note that down. I think also um, uh, Hermia can hear in their head um, Egg just like like doing a little chuckle at Alvin as well, just being like, hey, hey, you silly <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. For, for sure. Like, yeah, like egg, egg is like kind of like um, still on your shoulders, and yeah, very, very much being like, you see, I would never fall to such indignity. So, cat uh, kind of leads you upstairs. Um, and you come back up through the community library, uh, where like Viv is looking quite panicked. This kind of like very goth uh, librarian with his big black curly hair. Um, and uh, she's actually like the, the library is closed earlier than it would be. And she's like, okay, so I definitely didn't lose track of your pets because I swear to God, I was I may or may not have been filming them for my TikTok account. But anyway, like I have actual photographic evidence of them disappearing in the middle of a. Oh, you found them. It's all good. They do that. They, they do that. They're, yeah. Don't worry about it. It's what cats do. I, and, and, and like, as, as, as she's kind of like speechless, but looking to argue, um, Kat just kind of like slings an arm around her shoulders. And she's like wearing pretty heavy makeup, but even through this heavy makeup, you could see her just like go extremely red as uh, Kat slings an arm around her shoulders and kind of <laughs> squeezes her shoulders. Says, Don't worry about it, kid. I told you, it's fine. And then she kind of like leaves, pats her on the back and like uh, like Viv just like watches her open mouth as she just like saunters out the door. So she kind of gestures to you all to get into a, an extremely battered looking old like kind of pickup, um, which is just, it's, oh, it's so broken looking. And it has, okay, so you know how you have those like wizards spray painted on the sides of vans? Uh. Um, this is like that if that was lesbian and erotic to the point of being borderline pornographic, but not quite. Light. Um, is this just like extremely detailed, extremely sexy, uh, like lady wizard um, in, you know, scantily clad uh, with, you know, various sort of nymphs and fairies. If you've ever seen that painting of Sappho and friends, mm. sort of that kind <laughs> of like uh, kind of thing um, going on. And Cat uh, kind of gestures uh, for you all to, to jump into the back of um, the kind of uh, a pickup, uh, which you've done many times before. Um, and she kind of gives you some big, like, kind of off-green, like, army blankets uh, to put over you. Because, again, this, like, chill is coming up. And actually, now that you're outside, you can hear the wind rustling in the leaves of the trees. And you can also see above you uh, those stars, the stars uh, that some of you had missed so much, uh, kind of glittering and filling the sky and getting brighter and brighter. And the more you look, the more stars you see. Um, and there's also a very full uh, moon. However, that moon is flushed a kind of deep red for some reason. As Kat gets into the driver's seat, she kind of glances up at the moon and goes, that's ominous. Uh, shall we go? Yeah. yeah. I think I'm in the middle because I'm tiny and narrow and also quite embarrassed to be seen in a truck with sexy ladies on. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. just generally Who? quite repressed. So just like, uh. oh, Who sits closest to Kat? I will. And she like grins at you, um, Jenny, as you, as you get in. And she's like, you know, I actually uh, bought your album on Bandcamp. There are some sick tunes in there. Oh, Seriously, nice. like I think you got talent. Thanks, I worked really hard on it. She kind of starts the car and starts driving um, down the hill um, and gets uh, to like the one kind of cafe in town, which has always been the one cafe uh, in town and she kind of uh, hops out just before she does. She kind of looks at you all. Uh, coffee orders? Uh, black. Cool. Um, chai, almond milk. Awesome. Fancy. Jenny? Uh, can I get a caramel macchiato with five sugars, please? Fuck. Yes, you can. Yes. Speaking my language. Excellent. Okay. Um, she kind of jumps out the truck. Um, and whilst you guys are kind of by yourself in the back of this uh, truck, is there anything that you want to do or say to each other? I think Hermie is just going to look really awkward and just be like, I- I- this is my fault. I'm, I'm sorry. This... I did not mean it for it to go this way. Uh, I'm a bit rusty. It's not your fault. We were given nothing to do. You had to do something. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully I'll come up with something a bit better next time. Uh, yeah. 
as uh, you all kind of say this, you cat uh, comes back out of the shop, and uh, like actually, as she leaves, they they swing the sign across to close. Um, and with her is another person. Uh, this is a uh, curvy brunette woman with uh, brown eyes, wearing a leather jacket and quite a low cut top and skinny jeans um, and big boots. And this is a uh, Hope Belting. <laughs> Um, and she kind of like puts one hand like on the truck, jumps in, um, holding like a coffee cup in the other hand, um, and looks at you all. Goes, "Sup, losers? Hi, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, and Jenny. Uh, <laughs> have you been? Hermia is doing the very much trying to be cool and nonchalant, but absolutely failing. Just like, yeah, good." Thanks, Hope. How are you doing? You keep working on that, Hermia. I really believe one day it's going to be convincing. Thanks. I uh, heard the world is ending. Uh, Adora, does that mean that we've got the stick out of your ass or is it still sort of, you know, a couple inches in? I have a very important job. You do. You do. You know what? You do. And you're intelligent and like fight the patriarchy, right? Like, I mean, it, the, at some point in like lower management, you're definitely doing something for the gender war. Probably. What anyway, are you even doing? Why are you here? Cat's <laughs> uh, been showing me something. And Cat kind of gets um, into the car and starts driving again and goes, Yeah, I kind of figured we would need all the help we can get, you know, world ending um, thing. And uh, Hope's kind of been filling in uh, whilst you guys have uh, been away doing stuff. I mean, actually, like, honestly, I'm really happy for you. God knows I did not want to see you all mutilated or violently killed in this fucking village but uh uh looks like fate kind of had a hand in that and she starts driving uh down kind of one hill and up another hill towards mamtor mamtor the mother hill uh is the the hill over um the hellmouth um and as she drives up towards it there's that massive uh red moon on the horizon and i want all three of you hamia adora jenny uh to roll me a defy disaster roll please um and add your wit got an 11 I got nice. a four. I got 13. <laughs> nice. Okay, cool. Nice. Um, so I think that the way that that rolls out is probably that, Hermia, you, like, Cat actually, like, I think probably what might have, uh, sorry, what might have happened is that Egg, when um, Hope got into uh, the van with you, like, the pickup with you, um, is the cat like kind of hopped into her lap and started purring because I think that she probably always has some cat treats on her. And uh, even though Egg claims that like, you know, they don't eat cat treats, they kind of do like catnip a little bit. Like at some point the fey herb thing kind of mixes up with the cat feline thing. <laughs> and like, um, and so like Hope is kind of a petting cat, but then you notice at the same time as you feel like this terrible shiver down your spine, uh, like you did before when Gudrun appeared, um, you notice Cat like look up and their ears prick up, and then like they, you hear them say like to you in your mind, just like Hermia. Um, and as you say that, uh, Jenny, you notice on the horizon like this lolloping, strange beast. Like it's like an elephant, but also not. Like it has like these massive like four legs. But then this long kind of like winding head, almost like a snake head. Um, and it seems to be moving very, very fast, like deer fast uh, across the fields towards you. There's a thing, thing, there's a thing on the road. Cat kind of goes, well, okay. Um, and like immediately it just like breaks hard and kind of skids to a stop at the same moment that a questing beast, an enormous creature with a snake for a head and kind of the forebody of a leopard and the hind body of a lion um, and these like deer-like hooves appears in front of you the size of an element and like opens its mouth and hisses with these fangs that are each like a foot long um, in front of your car. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. During Women's History Month, come explore what feminism means to you with nonfiction storytelling podcast, Thread the Needle. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I'll use my background in journalism to dive into topics that matter to women today. Listen to Thread the Needle wherever you get your podcasts. They look much smaller in the book. <laughs> I think I think the like hope probably like laughs at that and goes, you know, that's cute. I see why we keep you around. And then she jumps out of the car and she gets out of the kind of back of her belt, where it was just above her jeans, uh, two short swords. Um, and she just like starts like striding towards uh, this creature with these two short swords. Hermia may or may not be looking at Hope's butt. As she does that. It's a good butt. It is a good butt. Like it's full, it's curvy, it's, it's a good butt. I'm fishing around my handbag to to try and find Julius, who is hiding because he is cowardly. Yeah, yeah, he cool, yeah. Is a paper knife. Or a letter so, opener. Yeah, I think like what happens with Julius, it's it's like trying to catch like a mouse. Like you yeah. keep like putting your hand in and then it'll like slip away from you. And he's kind of saying, you know, I really don't think that you actually need me today. Uh, Adora, I'm afraid. I just really think that um, on this particular occasion, you know, I, I am designed, I am a letter opener. I you open letters. I, I don't, do you understand what a letter open? I understand that these days people don't write letters to each other anymore, but like I really must emphasize, I am best used for slicing paper. I get it. You need retraining. Come on. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'm d- trying to decide whether or not you have to do a role for that. What's Jenny doing? Also going to draw her sword and go straight out to follow her. But yes. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say, uh, Jenny, I want you to roll me a fight move, please. Uh, so roll 2d6 plus your daring um, if you want to fight this creature. Uh, okay, that's only a nine. Um, that is still a mixed success. Um, so you do succeed. Uh, so you choose two and your opponent chooses one. Uh, flirt with or provoke your opponent and gain a string on them. Through violence or cutting words, inflict a condition. Create an opportunity for an ally through prowess or distraction or take an object from your opponent or seize a superior position. So you get two and they get one. First of all, I would like to um, create the opportunity for my opponent. Oh, sorry, for my ally. So like create mm-hmm. an opportunity for hope. Um, uh, I would like to provoke the the thing by like jabbing at it with my sword um, nice. and in doing so create a condition and then also create the opportunity for hope. Well I was going to say like so I thought when you said provoke that you might want to gain a string on them of course if you get a string on them you can subtract one from their roll but you can also add one to your rolls against it. Yes that's um, what I meant. Um, sorry yes. Um, okay so you get a string on the questing beast um, and you also create an opportunity for hope I'm gonna be real with you, Sasha, just because I think it would be cool. Um, I kind of like the idea that, uh, you know, Jenny gets to the questing beast first, but then like behind Jenny, uh, Hope kind of shouts, give me a boost. um, And she's gonna run towards you. Yeah, cool, okay. Uh, So I'll like jab at the questing beast um, and in doing so, like drop down to a knee such that Mm -hmm. Hope can then like jump off my back yeah, and yeah, I will like cool. b- rise and boost her up 
while cool, I, cool, when cool, I cool. feel her step on my back. It is like you have practiced it. She like comes running down this kind of like wet tarmac in this kind of like roaring wind now that you're out in the open on top of these hills with the stars above you. Um, and you just hear kind of her boots smacking the tarmac and then like one of her boots like hits your back pretty hard. Um, and then she jumps and as you stand up, uh, Hermia and Adora, you see Hope just like somersaulting onto the back of the questing beast and like put, putting both arms around its like snake-like neck um, with the swords in her hands. Uh, Jenny, I will also say that the string you got from provoking the questing beast was that I think maybe when your sword hit like one of its nostrils, you sliced its nostril mm-hmm. open, um, to, which uh, definitely irritated it. So it hisses, um, this kind of hissing roar in the car, Adora. Finally, you are able to subdue Julius and get him into your hand. Do I know much about the questing beast? Ooh, okay. Um, I would say that that's probably going to be a Defy Disaster plus Wit roll. Mm-hmm. Ten. Ten, okay. Um, that is a complete success, which is great. Um, so I think that what you know about the Questing Beast is that historically and in folklore, the Questing Beast is impossible to kill. Um, <laughs> uh, but... Um, great. <laughs> I, I, I think, however, um, that Adora has kind of seen like various mention um, that it can only be killed by magic. Um, it kind of has this reputation because it cannot be killed by mortal weapons, uh, but it can be killed by magical means. And in fact, like as that kind of occurs to you, and I'm imagining maybe like Adora kind of like scrambling out of the car, um, Faith kind of like slices uh, one of her swords into the Questing Beast's neck where she's kind of like straddling it. But the neck immediately heals back up again. Um, and uh, Jenny, like Hope is like about 11 feet above you. Um, and you kind of hear her go, shit! Um, <laughs> and uh, kind of like uh, try to scramble down a bit onto the uh, Questing Beast's uh, back. Um, Dora. I'm going to look at Julius because mm-hmm. he's a magical weapon. Mm-hmm. He's a little paper 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 boy. He's my little paper boy. <laughs> um, but I have played darts a few times. <laughs> Can I? <laughs> and Julius is probably like, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 I would like to raise Julius behind my head and dart him. That is a fight roll. Um, okay. So uh, give me a roll. And I'm going to say you can actually take plus one forward for the rest of the scene uh, from your earlier Defy Disaster roll, which means you get to add plus one uh, to your rolls against the Questing Beast. Uh, because of you like knowing about like kind of its weakness and um, so you can add plus one to that roll 2d6 and add your uh daring or your grace um okay. i would actually say in this case it would be your grace uh okay so that is 10 oh 11 nice amazing cool um so uh you completely succeed so describe to me where where you wanted this dart to land Julius also, as you throw him, is just screaming i will never forgive you <laughs> <laughs> um so I fling it and it just like spins end on end. Um, and I'm aiming for the questing beast's eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it lands, like it lands straight in that eye. Um, and as it does, there's like a kind of small contained explosion of magic that like blue magic that like kind of goes across uh, the questing beast's body. And it, it kind of shrieks in pain um, and butts and kind of crosses hope. Uh, off its back um, where she kind of lands on her back on the tarmac. It is also going to take a condition from that. It is frightened. Hermia, what are you doing? Um, I would like to kind of summon a sort of spectral sword, if that's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it would sort of look like a sword of turquoise light with kind of sea green um, spectral plants wrapping around it. Um, and I like to um, just kind of, even though fighting is not my strong suit, I'm just going to charge in head first and just try and whack this questing beast wherever I can hit it. I'm not aiming for anywhere in particular. Roll me to fight Nadja Daring. I think that that's very much a Daring Cool. Role. I've got plus zero to both, both Grace and Daring, so we'll see how this goes. It is it's worth reminding people at this point that you can always spend a string on someone to give them plus one to their roll um, if you would like to. 
That's a five. Does anyone want to spend a spirit on Hamir, or you just want to? Like... I would. Yeah. I've just okay. got the uh, one, but I, I would like to spend it. Yeah. Cool. Um, describe to me how Jenny kind of like encourages Hamir in this moment. I think literally just like yelling, "You got this, babe!" <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, and hearing Jenny specifically call you babe, because like Jenny is like really hot. Like, honestly, just straight up, she's really hot. Like, there's a reason she got with everyone is because she's really hot. Like, and hearing her, like, call you babe in this dramatic moment, it's pretty cool. That does take you up to a six, which is still not quite a success. Does anyone else want to spend a string on Hermia? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm just going to put my hand on her shoulder. I'll be like, come on, you got this. Okay. <laughs> it's um, all good. So, yeah. All right. So, Adora... Uh, does that and that gives you a mixed success uh hermia um so you can choose one uh from the uh list inflict a condition get a string create an opportunity for an ally seize a superior position or take an object um i would like to i'd like to inflict a condition am i looking at the right thing nice yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. perfect I would also like to gain a string on the opponent by provoking nice, it. Nice, very, very good. Um, so describe to me, uh, like you said you were kind of like aiming wherever, describe to me what you do. I think that by sheer luck um, and the encouragement of uh, her allies, she sort of gets the sort of tender part behind the questing beast's <laughs> knee. And <laughs> and uh, I think she kind of yells out, I'm terrible at fighting and I got a hit on you. How does that make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. Um, I actually think with that, like, uh, it kind of recoils and shrieks again and kind of, like, stamps backwards. Um, and it, it looks at the three of you. It looks at you, Hermia, with your kind of, like, glowing sword. It looks... Like, I mean, it kind of looks with one eye. It's got Julius still sticking out of it. Um, Julius, also Adora, you can hear saying, this is very unhygienic. I expect a thorough cleaning after this. I'm sorry, uh, I do have baby wipes. <laughs> but it, 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 it kind of like hisses again. And suddenly you hear the sound of like a twang of a bow going off. And you see like just off the road, uh, there's a kind of woods and it, the arrow like hits the questing beast in its hind quarter and then you hear like again like the kind of stamping of hooves and the questing beast looks between you and looks between whatever's coming and shrieks and like climbs over the bushes and like runs away um down the hill yes. um and yeah with julius screaming on it as he goes yeah Julius, you I will julius. yeah no julius is like Adora, you're the so, best owner okay. i've ever had <laughs> I'll rescue you. I'll rescue you. It's okay. So Just try and give him tetanus. Fairy tetanus. <laughs> um, and uh, there's a kind of like sudden like rush of hooves and um, a centaur lands in front of you. It has a uh, golden uh, kind of coat. Um, and it's also like a very buff dude wearing a kind of like shirt like an office shirt um with these kind of like glasses um and like kind of blonde uh curly hair with an hour like a, a, a bow and a quiver over his back um and he kind of looks at you all and goes oh hello um assuming that this was probably bad right bad bad situation did the right thing right yes yeah yeah cool um don't know if you know but the world is ending, so I reckon, like, maybe we should be doing something about that. Can you shoot the questing beast again? Because he's got my sword. And he's oh. not going to forgive me if I don't, like... You're, he's stuck uh, in his eye. It's I mean, I can give you a sword. Like, I can't see... Does it... I can't see a sword on that thing. <clears throat> it's a very small sword. Oh, you mean, like, the... Like, the... The... the What... You know, like, the... the um. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like you the, don't need to say the, it. It's fine. No, no, you know, like I, it's on the tip of my tongue. As he's like trying to figure out what this word is, the question piece is getting further and further away. Uh, <laughs> Just shoot him. <laughs> shoot him because. <laughs> um, my friend is stuck in its eye. Roll me a defy disaster and add your heart. <laughs> of what? Heart. Heart. Oh God. My friend is stuck in his eye. Uh, <laughs> and you no longer have the plus one. Uh, seven. Uh, oh, sorry, no, eight. Okay, cool. 
Um, so that is uh, a success at a cost or with a sacrifice. Um, I think that he goes, I mean, okay, but like this is going to take me like most, that thing is fast. Like that was the first time I actually hit it. So um, I guess like I- I'll get it. Like for you by morning? Are you staying in town? Like, is it yeah, too we're late? Library. Is it too late to spend my two strings on Adora to raise that to a ten, though? Because I <laughs> no, you can you don't can do waste like, the centaur um, chasing Julius. D- describe to me how you get through to um, this uh, centaur. This is a centaur you're familiar with, by the way. Um, its name is Chrysanthemum Hemlock, um, but it just. Is- <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but he oh, goes, man. Oh, um, thank you, <gasps> Chris. That is a person in that thing's eye. You're just gonna oh, leave well, it. I mean, you say I, again. I thought it was like a butter knife. Okay, sure. Um, and he kind of like whips the bow off his back, like shoots the arrow, um, and just you hear the questing beast like snarl again as the, the butter knife just goes flying through the air and just lands in the middle of a field um, and the questing beast keeps running um, and Julius um, from like very far away now is like <laughs> uh, I'm going to flash back up to Johanna um, in the cave uh, Johanna it's it's been like actually fairly dull uh, apart from like you know Gudrun making warmongering speeches uh, but she suddenly turns to you um, and just picks you up um, and slings you over her back hey, without any effort at all. Can you... Hey! Like a fireman carry. at least take the chains off if you're going to do that. Jesus! Right, okay. I don't think you understand. I don't want you to escape. Uh, so I will not be taking the chains off and I'm also a fairy creature so you're gonna have to do better tricking me than that. I have, yes. I just realized that I have two moves that may help me here. Two Ooh. moves! Um, <laughs> the first is help me which is exactly what we needed in this moment. Um, mm-hmm. It says uh, you're a magnet for trouble and hunted by those w- that would use you for their own purposes. Um, so I got an XP mm-hmm. But also, I have a string on her, um, <laughs> which I'm going to save. But um, the captor reveals something that they hope to achieve. And I am just going to use that as we move forward through this, as we go back into this. Sure. Um, I say, what's the point in keeping me here anyway? I, I don't even want, I, I don't even want to be here. Rupert called me here. I didn't, why me? Why you? Because you're a direct descendant of Dr. John Dee, the bastard who sealed us all beneath the ground 400 years ago, and you just so happen to have a very specific kind of blood uh, that means that I will be able to break this spell, but... Um, and she kind of, like, turns you from being in this fireman carry into, like, a bridal carry. She gets the kind of the edge of this, like, ledge that looks over the cabin, and she jumps down, and for a second you are just, like, flying through the air, and she lands on the kind of cabin floor. Um, and as she does, like, her arms kind of tighten around you, you kind of feel like you, like, kind of slightly bump into her biceps as you do. Um, and she kind of, uh, puts you <laughs> down in a boat that's, like, moored in this, like, kind of underground river in this massive cavern. And she puts you in the boat. She gets in beside you, and behind her, like, she's kind of backlit by this like, strange, like, green watery light of a distant, distant lake. Um, and she looks down at you and says, Mostly, Johanna. I have to be honest with you, I want to be free. I think we want the same thing, then. I don't even know where I am. I can't think of a single reason why, first of all, taking the chain, at least from around my neck, is going to keep you from getting what you want. You're clearly a lot stronger than I am, and clearly a lot more powerful. Um, I think I want you to roll to it and tice, please. I think you're 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 trying you're appealing to her emotional Thank sensibilities. Uh, so roll two d six plus I your. I would heart. love to do that. Please get one, please, please. Um, <laughs> please very much. Thank you. I actually need uh, dice for this. Would be great. There we go. Two d six plus. Oh, not bad. Nine. Okay, interesting. Cool. Um, so you choose one unless uh, th- you get a string on them unless they instead decide instead to choose one. Get flustered and awkward. Promise something you think you are given to desire. I think uh, you just get a string on her. Oh, I have two. Um, and she, uh, yeah, um, and she uh, kind of sits down 
next to you and kind of sighs. And for a second, she looks very, very tired and almost as like scared as you are. I also know that you would say literally anything to get out of here, but I'm afraid that I cannot let that happen. Um, and she turns behind herself and switches on a very mundane boat motor. Um, and this kind of like boat motor starts like ringing through the cavern as you uh, start kind of going down this like inky black water into a tunnel. So at this point, I would, uh, I, Danielle the player, would like to tell you that I kind of want to use my other move or try to um, at the very least, which is completely antithetical to her personality. Don't you know who I am? Because um, she uh-huh. seems to. Uh, so when you meet someone who knows you by your reputation, aka a good one, mm-hmm. um, I have to roll plus heart. Ugh, okay. <laughs> Never mind then. I suppose. No, um, no, good. Okay. So it's, it's literally a six. Um, oh, I could spin a string, right? You could spend a string to add plus one to your roll against them. Yeah, to upgrade it. To I have success. two, so I will upgrade it to a mixed success and have uh, seven. Just, yeah, I'm just going to take one of those. Nice. Okay, and uh, what does that do if you... So, um, on a seven to nine, you say one thing that you've heard about me, and I say one thing that you've heard about me. <laughs> Listen, it's been a very long time since I've thought about any of this... Um, bloodline prophecy stuff. How can you even really be sure you have the right person? It's a pretty big family, pretty spread out over the world. For all you know, I'm just some adopted cousin. Hmm. I know who you are, Johanna, because this spell doesn't just need your blood, it needs mine. And that means that every part of me can feel you wherever you are. I know exactly who you are. And I always have. Sorry to interrupt, but that is extremely gay. <laughs> <laughs> I am struggle blessing so yeah, hard like right kiss, now. This kiss. is the big bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what if? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, and, and as, as as she says that, and she kind of, like, looks at you in the dark, and she's got these, like, brown, beautiful eyes um, that kind of glitter um, in the low light. And as she does, you kind of come up on this big, circular, strange, like, almost bioluminescent, like, wall mm-hmm. in the tunnel. Um, and it's, like, blue, blue light, and there are loads of engraved kind of symbols all across the cavern wall. Um, and she looks at you, she kind of, like, soils you up to the very edge of the wall um, and she grabs one of your hands and as she does the chains around your, one of your arms melts away um, and she brings out a kind of ceremonial dagger and she says this ends tonight <laughs> I <laughs> she kind of looks at the knife looks back at Goodwin looks at the knife looks back at Goodwin listen my first inclination is just to say you do not have to kill me um, you could have just asked, and maybe we could have avoided all this, but being where we are right now, I guess I just have to wonder what's going to happen to everyone else. Our revenge will be sweet, and it will be hot, and it will be bloody. Your people have killed thousands of mine. It sounds like your people have killed thousands of mine as well, just in the past couple of months, so... Aren't we about even at this point? Is there a way that you can be free that doesn't involve murdering everyone? And that really depends. Is there a military branch of your government dedicated to hunting and killing us and putting us in museums? Will we be free or safe? Will I be able to know that children and innocent people who are not warriors will not be found in their homes and dragged out of them and decapitated and experimented on? I'm going to be honest with you, especially when you put it like that. I completely agree with you. That's fucked up. Um, I, I feel like maybe there doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be this like one or the other kind of thing. I don't think we have to be at war anymore. I think the wrong people were just in charge this whole time. And she sort of thinks to herself, like, I guess I'm fucking negotiating now. Like, I just, I, again, <laughs> I agree with you. Listen, there are humans who do this to other humans as well. That doesn't mean we're all like that. 
Roll me to fight disaster, okay. Nigel Hart. Turn eight. Oh, I, I have eight. two. I have two strings on Johanna. I would like to spend them, please. <laughs> okay. Just um, getting rid of all my strings right I'm now. Channeling my inner Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Am I allowed um, to do that even when? Yeah, 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 away? yeah. Thank you. I, I, I want. I, yeah. Like describe, describe a time that like Jenny has helped Johanna believe in oh. herself. If it's okay with you, Danny, I think Johanna probably always assumed that Jenny didn't really believe in all the like chosen yeah. one stuff, and then it was just like sometime, at, like casually at breakfast stuff they'd been dating over like a while. Johanna was kind of like feeling a little bit overwhelmed with everything and then Jenny just casually was like but obviously you're going to be able to do it because of the whole destiny thing surprisingly tender <laughs> which I think is a pretty good descriptor for like the good times between them was probably surprisingly tender <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah for sure okay so uh, yeah Johanna you say this and uh, Gudrun looks at you and she looks at the seal and she says this has to be done. And she raises the dagger high and brings it down. And that is kind of where we're going to break. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening to Realms of Peril and Glory. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm Ella Watts. I have been your GM today. If you would like to find me on social media, you can do so at GEJ Watts on Twitter and Instagram. Other stuff that I've made that you can check out right now includes Doctor Who Redacted, which is a queer feminist sci-fi audio drama for Doctor Who and BBC Sounds. If you like my approach to tabletop gaming, then you might want to check out my queer, hopeful game, Upriver Downriver, about sailing a boat on a magical river and rebuilding peace in the ruins of war. Uh, that book will be available to pre-order in August if you uh, sign up to the MacGuffin and Company newsletter or you check out our page on Kickstarter, you'll be able to get updates about when you can get that and you can download the Quick Start Guide for free. Uh, finally, if you would like to check out even more of my work, because you just think I'm that great, uh, then you can find uh, my work as a director at Zombies Run, which is a kind of hybrid fitness gaming app where when you go for your run, you're being chased by zombies. And maybe also there are characters and they have feelings and maybe some of those characters are queer. Basically, my brand is like gay genre fiction in audio. If you like that, you might like what I do. And thanks so much for listening. Everyone else, I would like you to uh, tell me your name, your handles, and kind of like anything that you want to plug, starting with Maddie. I am Maddie Searle. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Maddie underscore abstract, where you can find links to all the various things that I do. And if you enjoyed this show, you might enjoy uh, another show that I work on as GM and director called Chapter and Multiverse, uh, which is an actual play podcast from Rusty Quill. Excellent. Okay, Beth. Um, you can hear me on We Fix Space Junk. Um, I am also on Podchaser in various things. Um, or you can find my Instagram, which sometimes has pictures I draw, at Beth K. Crane. Cool. Sasha? Uh, I'm Sasha Sienna. You can find me on Twitter at Sienna Sasha. Or you can also check out my uh, role-playing game company, MacGuffin & Co. At, on Twitter at MacGuffin & Co. Or at www.mcguffinandcompany.com. Awesome. And Dan. I'm Danny. Um, you can find me at DT Cam Jansen on Twitter and on Instagram, I think on various social medias. Um, you can find most of my work over at the Whisper Forge, but the thing I'm going to plug is uh, the Disney podcast that I do with um, Julia Shafini and uh, Lily Parra called Main Street Incorporated. Don't forget that you can always support Realms of Peril and Glory and uh, many other wonderful shows uh, by signing up to the Light and Tragic Patreon uh, for just a couple of pounds or dollars a month. Uh, you can get all sorts of amazing behind-the-scenes content. You get bonus episodes. We've got uh, various bonus episodes of different games that I've played in, and I know that they were all pretty great, so I really recommend it. Um, plus, you know, you help independent queer creators do their thing. And if you're listening to a Spooky Sword Lesbians one shot, then that might be the kind of thing you want to do. So support queer creators and sign up to the Patreon. It's on patreon.com forward slash light and tragic. Um, and you can also follow us on social media if you want to see some kind of cute graphics of our various like characters and various memes and gifs about like D&D &D playing, TTRPG playing in general, uh, then you can follow at Realms Pod on Twitter. 
Twitter and on Instagram and just generally everywhere that social media is found and tolerated. Uh, so I do recommend uh, that you give us a follow. Uh, okay, nice. until next time, be gay, do crimes. Thank you very much for listening. It's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused. And you have no idea where this came from? No. She was sent here anonymously. Uh Uh-uh. Not she. They, maybe? Wait. I've never seen anything like this. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. My grandfather was a journalist back in the 60s and 70s. He specialized in strange stories. Who are they? How are they connected to the skeleton? Play the tape. You'll see. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. We dream about it. We both dream about it. How often? Every night.